everyone and welcome to season three, episode two of the Big at the Back podcast. And oh boy, there has been a lot of football played in the last week or so. Um, we're, we're trying to do this podcast more regularly. Unfortunately, Matt is useless. Matt, how are you? In my defence, yes, but so are you. So <laughs> you can't put it all on me. We did we did say yesterday we'd do one after I played football and done my tasks around the house. And then it got to like seven o'clock. We were like, oh shit, we haven't done a podcast. And we both wanted to watch Spain v Germany. So uh, that kind of got cancelled there and then. Uh, but yeah, I'm all right. Uh, like you say, it's just a, it's, it's an absolute feast of football at the moment, isn't there? I think I'm on my way to a divorce before my first anniversary. So... <laughs> You're not alone. Maybe we can get married uh, and just watch football on repeats. I think that, that could be, be the backup plan. <laughs> uh, loads and loads of football has been played. I think let's just go really top line here and talk about some of the results that surprised us, but also what we expect to happen and who the emerging favourites are. So I guess you, a really nice place to start is yesterday's Spain versus Germany game because Spain are going to be a lot of people's favourites right now. What were your thoughts around them and how have you found uh, Germany's start considering the loss to Japan initially? Obviously, that was a massive shock and they needed to get something out of that game yesterday. And I'd say almost thankfully, because it does make those last games a little bit more interesting that they did get something. Mm. Spain dominated Costa Rica. and uh, I think we all expected them to, but I don't think anyone expected seven goals to come from it. They have got a very good side. Obviously, the youngsters coming through, like Pedri and Gavi in that midfield. Um, and then the wealth of attacking talent they've got with Danny Olmo, who looks like the least Spanish Spanish player I've ever seen. Um, Marco Asensio, uh, Ferran Torres. And then you've got like Morata coming off the bench, who obviously got their goal yesterday. Uh, he's not a bad backup to have at all, is he? So, And then yeah, they've still got Busquets in there. He's still one of the best holding midfielders in the world. So... They've got so much talent going forward. You could argue defensively that they can be gotten at because like, they're playing Rodri at centre-back at the moment, who obviously doesn't play there week in, week out. But with the, what he's got in front of him, you can back him to go a long way. And um, actually on my um, West Ham podcast, the Pre-Bubbles podcast, before this tournament, we did our predictions for the tournament and I did actually back Spain to win it. So I'm, I'm sitting pretty at the moment. Um I think another prediction was Germany, so I think they're not looking quite as good. But I don't know. I, I can see Germany getting through now um, because if they beat Costa Rica, because Japan lost to Costa Rica yesterday, which was a massive shock after the way they beat Germany. But we do often see that. like Off a big high, it's really high, hard to keep up that level. So they've obviously come down with a bit of a bang. So if Germany go out there and beat Japan and Spain beat Costa... Uh, if, sorry, if Germany go out there and beat Costa Rica and Spain beat Japan then they'll, they'll scrape through by the skin of their teeth, which you could definitely see happening. And it's quite a shame because how funny would it be for Germany to go out in the group stage again? It would have been amazing. I, I agree. I think they are going to go through now. Also, oh, look at me. I'm Spain. I can make two of the best midfielders ever. Then just have them respawn after they retire. Woo-hoo. Throw up. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Gabby, uh, Gabby and Pedri look so good. Um... I agree with everything you said. I thought it was a real shame to see Japan lose yesterday. If they'd have won, it would have basically put Germany out, which would have been hilarious. But I think Germany are going to scrape through that group now. And I think the thing we'd have seen with that as well, because obviously with that result being earlier in the day, Germany knew they didn't have to go out and win against Spain. Whereas yeah. if 
Japan had won that, they'd have known they needed the three points to have any chance of going through. Um, so it almost took a little bit of the pressure off of them in that Spain game, knowing that they only needed a point rather than three. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I also thought against Japan, for most of that game, Germany looked really, really good as well. So I think the, the loss there was a bit of a fluke. Um, so I think they are still on the programme as one of the favourites at the moment. Um, let's talk about Group A then. Because um, at the moment it's ne- Netherlands and Ecuador on four points each. One game left to play. Uh, they look like the two that are going through. Netherlands have been kind of underwhelming. Uh, and Ecuador, are, again, not a great side. They're okay. They'll probably scrape through the group, but they can't work it through the last 16. Um, Enna Valencia now has more World Cup goals than Thierry Henry. What's that? West Ham legend, my I add, Enna Valencia. Um, and he's on... Actually, no, I think he's now back on one less than Lionel Messi after he then scored uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, he's neck and neck with Lionel Messi, two of the absolute greatest of all time. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, it's... Qatar have obviously been pretty woeful. Yeah. Um, so this, like, I mean, to be fair, this Ecuador Senegal game will actually be quite a, quite a big one, um, which is coming up tomorrow lunchtime. So that is actually going to be quite a big one because the winner of that is going to go through. Um, well, actually, Senegal need to win it if Ecuador get a point. Now they'll have enough to go through because you've got to imagine as slightly underwhelming of the Netherlands have been because that opening game against Senegal was one of the most boring games uh, of the tournament so far. Uh, but you'd imagine they're going to deal with Qatar fairly comfortably still, regardless. Um, and like uh, Gakpo has looked like oh, so he's good. he's one of the players that's going to be coming out of this tournament. And there's going to be a lot of big clubs looking at him. Well, they're talking about him going to Arsenal, I think, at the moment. Um, so wait and see on that one. Um, but yeah, I don't think either of them are in running. Group B. Uh, the less we say about England, USA, the better. It was painful to watch. I, I know you don't remember watching it at all, uh, considering the state you were in. Um, but that's probably better for you because England were the worst team in that game. But I think we're still easily going to get through the group. Uh, just a draw with Wales will do it. And given the performance against the US, I think we go out and absolutely spank Wales. Um, although they have got the legend Danny Wars in goal. Uh, I don't understand why he wasn't starting anyway, because he's a much better keeper. But Danny Wars is going to be in goal for Wales, so could keep it to a nil-nil. Um, but yeah, I think England are comfortably through. Uh, I, I struggled to put us in the same ballpark as France and Spain at the moment in terms of the favourites, but we're, we, we're there. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we haven't lost yet, which I think is obviously very key when you look at some of the other teams that have had some sort of shock results so far. Did, can you guess how many times England have won all three group games at a major tournament? Zero. Once. Once. Once in our history have we won all three group games. So I think it is a little bit over-egged about how important it is to win all your group games. All you've got to do is get through. Um, in which we lost uh, more than anything. Like I don't mind drawing with the US, um, considering they're the strongest team in our group, and it means we're basically going through. However, the way we... It was just classic Southgate ball. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And people will always talk with England around the players that did or didn't come on. Um, I do agree that Foden is obviously most creative attacking outlet, um, especially in those tight spaces. 
Foden and Trent, our two biggest talents, should have been on the pitch for that game. It's disgraceful that Southgate isn't starting them both, especially in the group games. You can understand maybe Trent less so if you're round four at the back in the knockout games, but I think you absolutely need to be starting Foden and Trent in all of these group games. I think we will see a shift to a back five tomorrow uh, in that final group game, whether who comes in on that right-hand side, whether he sticks with Trippier or moves him over to the left and plays Trent on the right, uh, we will see. But I do expect that we move to that back five. But Wales, for me, have been awful so far in this tournament. They were lucky to get a point against the US and they were bad against Iran. Like Joe Allen, I've, I've got to give him the blame for that first goal. Um, because that cross that comes in, he's got so much time to deal with it, and he just clears it straight to the Iranian attacker. The Welsh Javi, the Welsh Javi. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Bale's the, like a shadow of his former self. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really made anything happen other than obviously scoring a penalty. Um, yeah, they just look really off the pace. And, yeah. I mean, we need to lose by four goals uh, to them to be in any yeah. real danger of yeah, going out. No, no. So I don't think we've got to worry about that. The thing is, tournaments like this, you've got to take the positives. We kept a clean sheet, which we didn't do against Iran. If you keep clean sheets in tournament football, you don't tend to lose. Brilliant. Well done, Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah, let's go out on penalties instead. That's well more fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, group C is one of the most finely poised groups, and I'm really excited by the last round of games. Poland's currently in the lead with a win and a draw. Um, Argentina in second, tied for points with Saudi Arabia on third. I don't know, Poland and Argentina yet to play each other. If Poland can get the win, which I don't think is impossible, by the way, Poland are a good size and Argentina look like they can be got at. But if Poland get the win, then Argentina go out. It's got to be a good game, that. I think... I'd be, I mean, don't get me wrong, Argentina are still the favourites to go through and yeah. they should be beating a team like Poland. But obviously, they should be beating a team like Saudi Arabia. So, Lewandowski's got his first World Cup goal finally. He's got that monkey off his back. Is that going to free him up a little bit? Uh, I think him up against the Argentina centre-halves will be um, an interesting battle because I don't think they're particularly great. And he's obviously one of the best number nines in world football. So, if he can get at them, I mean, I'd love to see an early Poland goal. If they go one up in this game, it could be very exciting. Um, but, mm. I mean, let's be honest, Messi is Messi. He, he did it against Mexico. He got that goal. Uh, and he is sort of a driving force in this team, obviously. Yeah. I, mean, I, it, it would, I would find it hilarious, though. This whole build-up to this World Cup has been, it's Messi's time. He's finally going to win it. If they went out of the group stages, oh. I wouldn't be able to stop laughing. I'll be so happy if they do. I mean... I think it's just natural that I hate Argentina as an Englishman. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to apologise for it. So I'd love Argentina to go out. We're not uh, bitter at all, even though the hand of God happened before we were born and the Falklands happened before we were born. <laughs> technically, the Falklands was awful. Um, but we well, deserve, yeah, definitely. We There's deserve, no denying that. We deserve the Falklands. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, cool, uh, but that group is really finely poised. I thought Saudi Arabia looked really good against Poland. Um, that game should, uh, like, there should have been so many more goals in that. It was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. We had save in the tournament uh, from Wojciech Chesney. Um, the double save after the penalty was absolutely game winning. 
And yeah, then, that was that's that, you'll do very well to find a better save than that in this tournament. Like the penalty save is obviously good, but the second one is oh. infinitely better. I mean, there's an argument that the player had run before he was meant to, um, before the penalty was taken, so it wouldn't have counted anyway. But he doesn't know that. To know that, and it was a fantastic save. Um, let's move on to Group D, and I guess Australia's fun, but we don't really see them doing much. Uh, Denmark obviously resting a few players against France for that Australia game, so you'd expect them to win that and go through. France are looking good, annoyingly. Um, Mbappe looked really, really, really good. Giroud looks bad against Denmark, but looked really good in the game beforehand. I, I think France are still the favourites to win in my mind at the moment. Yeah, I'd say I probably agree with you. Um, obviously, we'll see Brazil play again later today. If they make it two from two and put in another good performance, you'd put them up there with them just because mm. they've the wealth of talent they've got in that squad. You can never write them off. Um, and I, I still think they'll choke. Yeah, with Neymar not playing, they'll probably be better. Like they looked so much better after he went off the pitch. Yeah, but France two wins from two, Mbappe in the goals, Giroud in the goals. Like it just goes to show how deep their squad is that. They lost um, Benzema just before the tournament and Giroud comes in and he's now their joint leading all-time top scorer. Uh, they've lost Kante and Pogba out of their centre of midfield. Like You can argue that they're obviously not at the best of their game anymore, and they're, but still they're big players for France. Then you get like the likes of Adrian Rabiot coming in and he's been playing really well. And then in the first game, they lost Luca Hernandez with an injury and then, oh, all right, let's just get his brother in instead. Uh, and he's just as good. So, like, the depth in their squad is fantastic. And they've dealt with these injuries really well. So, you can definitely see why they're being tipped up by a lot of people to go all the way. And you, I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, completely. Last group to really talk about then, because the others have only played one game. And it's Group F. And it's probably my favourite group at the moment, uh, the way I'm sitting. Uh, so, you've got Croatia and Morocco on four points. Belgium on three. And Canada, unfortunately, knocked out. Um, despite playing really well for both of their games, uh, Canada just couldn't put it off against Croatia. But it seems like the most finely poised group, Belgium, looked, have looked really bad in both of their games. And I would not be surprised at all if they end up going out. No, definitely not. I mean, you can easily see Croatia beating them. Yeah, Croatia were a little bit lacklustre mm. against Morocco, but... They turned it on against Canada when they needed to. They went the goal down and then pulled it back and put them to the sword in the second half, really. And you can't, you probably can't see Canada getting anything against Morocco. Uh, this Morocco side, that under their new coach, who's been in charge for seven games now, has yet to concede a goal in the, in any of those games. So, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Canada have really impressed me, especially in the way they played in that first half yesterday. They're quick, yeah. they're pacey, they've got like two or three very good players. And then the rest of their team are just yeah. very hard workers. They've got Alfonso Davies, who is absolute quality. And then the rest are just hard workers. Jonathan David, I think, is a very good player as well. I think he is very good. Um, he hasn't, he doesn't get the limelight that John, uh, Alfonso Davies does, and rightly so, because he is next level. Um, but he he is also a very good player. Um, it's a shame that they aren't going to be going through, or they haven't even got a chance to be going through, because I've enjoyed them, the way they've played. But... I can't see him getting anything against this Morocco side, so it could easily be Belgium crashing out in the group stages. 
we can talk about the FIFA rankings and how much bullshit they are anyway, but Belgium are second in the FIFA world rankings at the moment. Um, and as Kevin De Bruyne said, they're too old. Yeah, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, after he got the man of the match in the first game, basically came out and said, I don't know why I got this. Maybe it was because of my name. <laughs> yeah, um, and the thing is, he must be so frustrated if I was him because, yeah. like, he is obviously world-class and he's playing with a load of... I mean, they've got they're good names on paper for the most been. part, but they're just rubbish. Yeah. The, this Belgian squad is very much over the hill now. It's the same players as four years ago. And ultimately, none of them, except maybe KEB, have improved at all. Like, they've all gone backwards. Um, it's all right, though. They've got Leandro Trossard. Uh, and Leandro Trossard as well. But I think... Uh, this Belgian golden generation has proven to be a massive disappointment, much like England's golden generation, really. Um, it's almost as though giving your golden generation to a manager who was in a relegation battle with Wigan every season and had just been sacked by Everton was a bad idea. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Just like England giving bad managers the best players. Um, remember Sven Goran Eriksson, anyone? Um, oh, what a legend. Yeah, but he did bang Ulrika Johnson. Yeah, that's true. Uh You've got to give him props for that. Credit where it's due. Um, the other groups, Brazil we've touched on. I think Brazil in that first game looked like they could be gotten at. I think a better team like Serbia absolutely take them to town. And with Brazil's aged creaking defence, I really think that if they come up against a France or a Spain, they will get, or even Argentina actually, they'll get taken to town. Yeah, I mean, you look at, Thiago Silva still there, starting centre half, and their captain. You feel like, say, someone like Kylian Mbappe running up against him. Oh, that would be that's easy. not going to end well. No. <laughs> I mean, Richarlison, though, what a goal! That second goal, oh, so good. I mean, don't get me wrong; I hate Richarlison, as everyone should. But that second goal, you've got to stand up and start clapping because that was brilliant. I saw the team sheet. I was thinking, why is he starting over Gabriel Jesus? But he justified it really well. That's why. Shouldn't have gone to the World Cup because his form for Spurs has been so shite. But again, he's seemingly pulls it off for Brazil, and he has no right being in that first eleven. But he's in it and doing really well there. So credit where it's due. Well done, Richarlison. Yeah, I mean you can't see obviously Neymar missing at least this next game. So probably I'd imagine Rodrigo comes into the starting yeah, eleven. Yeah, he looks much better with Rodrigo there instead of Neymar. Yeah, completely. It'll be interesting to see what happens if they win this game at Akanta um, and they make it two from two. Will they then rest Neymar for that last group game if he's still a little bit like carrying a knock? And then, I mean, it's ridiculous to suggest because it's not going to happen. But if they're playing better without him, can you make an argument for him not starting in the knockout stages? No. Too big of a personality. Absolutely. Yeah, not. it won't happen, but it'll be uh, funny. Vinicius Jr. has looked really good as well in that first game. I think he did you know it's his first and second ever assists for Brazil in that game. So he waits, I don't know, nine appearances or something and gets none, then two come along and one. So yeah, like passes. Yeah, exactly. So that was nice to see. Um, Switzerland, I really like Switzerland because they're a team that are just greater than the sum of their parts. Like Individually, they're okay players. You've got like Xhaka and Shakiri as the linchpins of that squad. But Switzerland all together just work as a team. And it's re really, really nice watching them play. I think it's, they're always very efficient and actually quite enjoyable to watch. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, Xhaka, obviously, we've spoken about him a lot this season on on our podcast. Mm. With the sort of renaissance he's had at Arsenal in this new sort of role where he's getting a little bit more further forward. He hasn't got that freedom as much for Switzerland. He does have to sit deeper because uh, he hasn't got someone like Thomas Partey sat alongside him that can do all the sweeping up and allow him to go forward. Um, but obviously, he is at the main point in this team uh, in that centre and midfield. Then you've got the likes of Shakiri and Seferovic that get forward. Um, Ricardo Rodriguez at left back as well. He feels like he's been around forever and he's just a solid up and down fullback who's just going to yeah. get the work done. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the results fall today because if they lose to Brazil, which you would expect, and Serbia beat Cameroon, that will leave them two both on three points to play each other in the last game, which that will be, be very spicy, I think. Yeah, that's a really nice match as well. Um, well, we just spe- spoke about Switzerland being greater than the sum of their parts. Let's now move on to Group H and talk about a team that's essentially the opposite of that. Because Portugal <laughs> have so much talent, but so little cohesion. And I thought Ronaldo looked off it in this game, even though he did get the goal. But I think... He and got mad at the match somehow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, again, name rather than yeah. actuality. But he looks really, really off it in this match. And I just, I do think he's probably past it now. He's over that hill. I think Man U have got a real, had a real blessing in disguise there. It worked out the best for everyone, didn't it? The whole Ronaldo saga. To be fair, we're talking about teams that are the opposite of the greater than some of the parts. I think this is two teams going at it today that fall under that bracket with Portugal and Uruguay. Um, Like Uruguay, it's, it's time to leave Suarez in the past. Yeah, do not start him. Surely it makes more sense to put Nunez through the through the centre. Suarez was just nowhere to be seen in their first game. Um, Portugal got lucky. Almost the best thing that would have happened at this World Cup happened at the end of the game when um, the keeper put it down to take the goal kick, and oh, that was amazing! Got a striker nipped in from behind and then fell over. If he could have just stepped, stayed on his feet and tapped that in, that would have been the best goal of the World Cup, regardless yeah. of whatever yeah. else happened. I totally agree. <laughs> um, but the other thing I think from this group as well, um, South Korea, I thought were very disappointing. Um, that Uruguay-South Korea game is again up there with worst game of the tournament so far for me. So bad. And this is one I was really excited for as well. Um, I think a lot of... Um, Overall, I think this World Cup so far has been pretty poor, fairly boring, with the odd exception to that. And I think what it comes down to and what I've read about, and it makes a lot of sense, for the most part, the managers and the teams only had a week, maybe two together before the start of the tournament. If you haven't got that much time to prepare, the first thing you're going to do is prepare defensively. Work on your defensive shape. Go out to not concede goals. Because if you, like I say, if you don't concede goals, you've got a chance of progressing. Um, and that's probably why it's been a little bit more boring because they don't have that three, four-week training camp beforehand to really work on their um, attacking movement, their different drills, their set pieces. You don't really have that much time. So that's probably why it's been a lower quality World Cup overall. But I'm hoping as we get on... Like the Spain Germany game last night, I actually thought was very entertaining. Even though it was only a one-all, it was a very entertaining game. There were chances for both sides. There was tackles flying in. So hopefully, as we get on into the knockout stages and see the bigger teams facing each other, we see a greater quality of performance from all of them. Yeah, I completely agree. I 
the next couple of days, I'm or today at least, I'm not too interested in the rest of the games. I'm more focused on what's happened afterwards, to be honest, because I'm, yeah, I don't know. Are you getting a bit bored of the World Cup yet? Are you getting sick of it? No, not yet. Keep it coming. <laughs> uh, I'm at the stage where I'm like, oh, do I really want to be watching every single game? Um, well, the thing is, after today, you can't watch every single game. Well, you can because you can have one on your TV, one on your laptop or whatever. But after today, you get only two kickoff times per day rather than the four. Uh, so, um, because obviously the last group games kick off at the same time. So that one has an advantage, which is slightly disappointing because it does mean I don't, can't just sit my ass on my sofa all day, every day and be watching every single minute of football. <laughs> I mean, you can still try. I, oh, I'll get, I will give it a damn good go. Don't you worry. <laughs> Do you want to say anything around World Cup fantasy? I just haven't looked at mine. So I I, uh, I think I had Messi as captain again, so I've got some points for that. But overall, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been... I can't, I can't say I've paid it too much attention, which obviously as a fantasy football co- podcast is um, a little I, bit poor. No, it's a rubbish game. Like the fantasy Premier League is where my head is at for fantasy football. Um, so we, we'll do a bit on that because there's quite a few players I think could be really exciting to own from the get-go on FPL. But yeah, at the moment, like World Cup fantasy just doesn't interest me. Had a look at it. It's not my game. I've decided it's too broken and too jarring. It's very, very similar to playing. Okay, what's really to playing Crash Team Racing, one of the greatest games of all time, and then going from that onto Crash Bash. <laughs> it's still Crash Bandicoot, but it's just nowhere near as good. Not the same. Not the same. Therefore, yeah, World Cup fantasy football not for me. So I've just paid it zero attention. I think I've That's got Neymar enough. as my captain. That's good. That is very good. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying um, the FPL app still sending notifications every day <laughs> about players you should get. Like, no one's paying any attention at the moment. Give us a couple of weeks at least before we start yeah. thinking about it. We've got if like, I think it's four weeks. Final. Is it four weeks today until Boxing Day? Uh, yes, it is. Because uh, it's on a Monday, isn't it? So, yeah, we're so four weeks yet. until we have to worry about it. I mean, there's a few players not going to the World Cup on Fantasy Premier League that I've been like, oh, I really want to own you. So Gabriel for Arsenal, for instance. Um, pro- possibly uh, Luis Diaz as well. Um, but, you know, we'll have that discussion later down the line. Awesome. Well, I think that's all the World Cup stuff covered. Anything else you wanted to touch on today, Matthew? No, um, like I say, we'll probably get another one out in a couple of days or so, probably after... Yeah, maybe after the England game. Um, we're both going out to watch that tomorrow. So um, hopefully uh, we see another good performance from England, a little bit more akin to the Iran performance. And then we'll probably be back Wednesday or Thursday this week uh, just to cover off the football so far. But we've, the last couple of days, we'll know a few more teams that have made it through to the last 16. And we might have a little bit of a better picture of who's going to, the path to a potential final for certain teams. Yeah, let's hope so at least. Awesome. Well, we'll speak to you in a few days and look forward to it. Have a great rest of the week, guys.